What's up, everybody? This is the Greatest Show on Dirt podcast. Sunday, September 4th, I think. This will be the inaugural episode, the very first episode. We are going to try to get this recorded and get it online. It's been a... It's September 3rd, my co-host Courtney is telling me. I never know what date it is. What can I say? I just never know. Um, But we're going to talk a lot of baseball. We are... This is the first episode. You guys should probably know who you're listening to. Um, I won't go into like my criminal history or anything like that, but... You have to let me be funny a little bit. You have to let me be funny a little bit. You gotta let me be... I'm not gonna cuss. I'm I not know, gonna cuss. But you said I'm not gonna go into my criminal history? No, I've been arrested before. I was taken in one time as a five-year-old from stealing from Max Superfoods in Marion, Illinois. I got a lot of money and a lot of candy. I stole money and I stole candy, but we'll get into that in another day. I am Quentin McCree, avid baseball fan. I love the Chicago Cubs. All Chicago sports, really. But, you know, this podcast isn't going to talk about the Bears because that's a whole bad situation. My co-host isn't paying attention. Her name is Courtney, and she is from Strong Island, New York. And she's a woman of many voices. She can impersonate <laughs> anyone in the world you want. And she also loves baseball. She allows me to watch baseball all the time. As long as I put in a little bit of time on HGTV, I'm allowed all the baseball that I want. House Hunters International. Yeah. Flip or flop, fix or upper, no, who is a favorite of ours? We don't like that. We don't like flip or flop because they're the ones that got the domestic violence, right? Yeah. But we do like fix or upper with Joe yeah. and Chip because they're just amazing people to have. And they live in Texas. And we're going to start the podcast out with Texas baseball. As you record me live doing something, you have attention deficit disorder. But the Houston <laughs> Astros finally. After an extremely long time, ooh, I feel famous because, are we live right now? We're live. Oh, I love it. I think I might be Instagram live on this. We really don't know. Am I Instagram live? No, this is a video. We're about to go Instagram. That doesn't have memory. It's not going to save a video. I have zero megs. Oh, no, it did. It saved it. Well, can you lock it? Because it's going to die. We're going to, speaking of Houston, we're going to go into the Astros. The Houston Astros finally, 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 finally made the deal that they needed for Justin Verlander. The July 31st trade deadline came, it went, and every Houston Astro was completely disheartened. Dallas Keuchel and I think J.J. Redick both were kind of vocally saying, we wanted something to happen, nothing happened, we need it. Maybe they felt like, and I imagine the whole team did, that the Houston GM, Houston ownership wasn't behind them. But with about four minutes to go... Literally four minutes to midnight on August 31st, Justin Verlander's a Houston Astro. I followed it on Twitter that night. He initially rejected the offer because he has a full no trade clause. So if he's going anywhere, it's his decision. And the trade was off. I saw it all over Twitter. Trade was off. Verlander was like, I'm not going there. And the rumor was that he would go to L.A. or Chicago. So maybe Chicago was going to jump into because L.A. just picked up you Darvish. And that's not likely to happen. But four minutes to spare, Justin Verlander's an Astro. He even had a video on Instagram that said he literally had 45 minutes to make this life-changing decision. Part of the reason was he would go to Chicago because it was so close to Detroit. Chicago to Detroit's like maybe just a few hours. But he goes, I had 45 minutes to make the biggest decision in my life, and I'm going to Houston. And now this guy, he's in a, he's in a pennant race. He's going to pitch this postseason. This is the best move that the Houston Astros could have made. And on top of that, I think Justin Verlander at this point is the best free agent pitcher that was available in all of them. I think he's a better pickup than you, Darvish. He's a better pickup than Sonny Gray. Jose Quintana is a mess in Chicago. And Verlander is a guy who pitches. He stays healthy. He's 34. The past two or three years, he's always had a great second half. This year, he's having a great second half. 
I don't have the exact, maybe I do have the exact numbers. No, I don't have the exact numbers, but still, at least in the second half, he has an ERA well under three. And he'll give you innings, and he always stays healthy. His leadership, he's played in the postseason. He's played in the World Series. He's got a 7-5 postseason record with about a 3-something ERA. 7-5 doesn't look good, but his ERA does, his numbers does. He'll show up. He, he's just healthy. He can pitch. This is a guy where if you get in a best-of-five, a best-of-seven series, he can pitch game two for you. He can come out of the bullpen later in the game. I'll compare him to a John Lester pickup and how much that meant to Chicago because you look at John Lester, and John Lester's never had – crazy like Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw like numbers, but that's what you got out of him out of the best of seven World Series last year is he comes in and pitches out of the bullpen either nearly three innings and pitches phenomenal, and that's what Verlander can do for you because he's tough, he's strong, he can do it, he's been in the role, he's got experience doing it. I think Houston at this point, before the trade, Houston was on I think uh, 12 and 18 in their last 30, weren't winning a lot of games, Correa got hurt, Springer got hurt. Keiko spent some time on the DL. Lance McCullers Jr. is currently on the DL. But now you look at the Houston Astros starting pitching, and you have Verlander, Keiko McCullers, Mike Fires, who can pitch well, Colin McHugh, Charlie Morton. They can. That's good enough pitching, and their offense will by all means support it. Correa plays today. Um, George Springer, Jose Altuve, leader in uh, second in stolen bases, first in batting average. He gets three hits nearly every single game. Jose Altuve is the best hitter in baseball. And on top of that... They pick up Cameron Mabin off waivers from L.A. because L.A. picked up Justin Upton from Detroit. And he's a speed guy. He's a guy that I don't think he'll play every day, but he's a guy to where you get in the playoffs and someone like um, you've got Carlos Beltran, Hall of Fame switch hitter, 500 home run guy. He gets on base. He's not a good runner. You put a guy like Mabin on and all of a sudden you're thinking along the lines of, Dave Roberts, Albert Amora Jr. in last year's World Series, where you can get these guys on base. They're great base runners, smart base runners. They're quick. They can steal bases, tight games. They can put you in a position to get that last run. So with the Astros moves, this is huge. All of a sudden, Boston, because before this, you looked at Boston and Cleveland as your two number one AL teams because Houston had the skid, but that's not the case anymore. This sends them over the edge. I think with Houston, it does. This is the greatest show on dirt podcast. Very first inaugural episode i know a lot of my fans have been waiting our fans have been waiting i.e nobody i think i got 12 likes on instagram for the logo who by the way go to the instagram megan burns made the logo it is phenomenal greatest show on dirt i am the host quentin mccree and my co-host courtney she is (laughs) her last name is sika she's all italian she's all italian so if you're going to try to find her on facebook s-i-c-a Go there and friend request her immediately. She is the co-host of this thing. She's uh, She loves baseball just as much as I do, just as much as everyone does listen to the podcast. Yes. Um, to introduce ourselves a little more, I'm from Illinois, which that makes me a Chicago Cubs fan. So prior to last year, I spent most of my baseball seasons, what, maybe drinking, possibly. I would say that's drinking probably it for sure. Like yeah, yeah. Now, Courtney, sorrows. though, Courtney, tell us where you're from and what your baseball's like. Yeah, I'm from, grew up on Long Island, New York, so I have a little bit of a different story. I actually used to root for a successful baseball team, uh, the New York Yankees. Still root for them, but since we're getting married in 30 days, I have jumped to the dark side and become a Cubs fan. Still love the Yankees. Dad, if you're listening, please don't yell at me. I still love the Yankees, uh, but yeah. 
That's that's my history with baseball. Yeah, I actually did. I didn't have to even drag you. We went to the World Series last year when we the did. Cubs played games three, four, and five in Chicago. Yeah, you can see that on the Instagram as well. Oh yeah, we Shameless recorded a, we recorded a bunch of videos there. We were right behind like A Rod, Pete Rose, Frank Thomas, all while they were doing the announcements right on the corner. And because uh, they're right in front of Murphy's Bleachers, and you know we didn't get in the stadium, they were about three or four thousand dollars a ticket. If you wanted to maybe stand behind something and have an obstructed view, well, we didn't do that, but we were around the stadium the whole time. Courtney had never been to Chicago before, so it was a blast. And I think maybe that was the trip that we had, where maybe we started to talk about how we wanted to talk about baseball more because we just enjoy it so much. We yeah. watch a lot of it, read about a lot of it, and we thought. Um, why not record us talking about it? Why not record it? <laughs> us talking about it? Because we like to think we're a little funny and have good personalities. But also, I don't. there aren't a whole lot of baseball podcasts out there. You can get about two or three good ones. I love Baseball Tonight, the MLB Ringer, Effectively Wild. Those are really good podcasts. And I think outside of those three, you just get into podcasts that are really just like for the teams. Like you can get the LA Angels one right. or the Chicago Cubs one. Or if you listen to like your local ESPN affiliates, you can get all that stuff. But even that's hard to find. So we thought, why not just talk a little bit of baseball? Maybe try to make it fun if we can. Well, baseball is a fun sport, but we're going to try to maybe be as less awkward as possible as we can on the air. But that's at least um, a little bit about us. Both of our teams are doing pretty good this year. The Yankees are in a wild card spot. The Chicago Cubs are now 15 games over 500, and they're dominating the division. So uh, they're, they're running away with it, I think. Yeah, I think so. So what do we want to talk about today? Oh, well, let's talk about... Let's talk about the Yankees. Okay. Okay, this is phenomenal. The Yankees right now, they're four and a half back on the Red Sox. They've mm-hmm. won. They're in a four-game set with the Red Sox. They've won two out of the first three. Tonight yeah. is Luis Severino, the 100-mile-an-hour thrower, yes. New York Yankees ace. Uh-huh. His average fastball velocity among starters is the highest in all of baseball, and he pitches against Chris Sale, perennial MVP, Cy Young candidate for the Chicago White Sox. Tonight's right. going to be a good game. Obviously, if the Red Sox win, that's going to put him three and a half games out of the lead. I still don't know if that's enough for them to win it. But I think everyone pretty much believes. Do you think that they're at least going to win the wild card, right? Oh, yes. I definitely think so. Yeah. They've got – they're only a game and a half up, I think, on the Twins – for the in the first wild card spot, but I think the Yankees they've always been in that spot and they're probably going to take it no matter what. Right. CC Sabathia is pitching extremely well. <laughs> He's pitching beyond his age, and we're going to talk about him a little bit. <laughs> CC does not like the bunt. He hates the bunt. <laughs> hates the bunt. Eduardo Nunez, um, recent pickup from the San Francisco Giants to the Boston Red Sox, who by the way is putting up. I don't know what his slash line is, but he's hitting the leather off the ball. Huge addition for the Boston Red Sox, which. He keeps hitting the way he does. That's one of the reasons why the Yankees just are not going to be able to catch him. But the Yankees have also had a lot of injuries to Matt Holliday, Starlin Castro. Aaron Hicks was on the DL. Aaron Judge, poor guy's batting forgot a buck 70 with seven home runs. He's just He forgot he was a baseball player. I, I've, you know, I've, I've read and watched a little bit on it, and they were comparing the other night on MLB Network a lot of his at-bats pre-All-Star break to post-All-Star break. Right. And I think pitchers have made an adjustment on him because they had about a week off they know. to figure out why Aaron Judge is hitting every pitch out of the park. At one point, he had a batting average on balls in play of well over 400, which I think Insane. all baseball like saving matricians were like, he can't hold that number because it's just ungodly. Yeah. He's chasing a lot of sliders out. He's getting hit on the sliders. I saw him strike out on something that was inside last night. He tried to check his swing, and he's chasing more now. He's still walking a lot. 
He walks a ton, which is good. His batting average is a buck seventy, but his on base <laughs> so percentage is his on base percentage is three sixty. But pitcher still, no matter what, if he's going to chase a slider, you still have to pitch the guy carefully because he's the size of Lou Ferrigno. And if he barrels a ball, it's probably going to go out of the park. Mm-hmm. You know, to see him in the home run derby, I think him and Cody Bellinger had to face off, and Cody's like, I mean, I'm not going to hit after this. Like this is yeah, just he was a like crazy laughing. To see. He was just like laughing. I love Cody Bellinger. He's got about thirty five home runs on the year. Tied Mike Piazza's rookie Dodger record Mike for Piazza. most home runs by a rookie. Um, you know, I don't. I didn't mind Mike Piazza. I don't think anyone did. He was yeah. a good guy. I mean, there was nothing about him. He was a great story coming up too, because he only got drafted by Tommy Lasorda because, like, Mike Piazza's dad knew Tommy and was like, draft him, and they oh. literally drafted him as late as humanly possible. Right. His Mike Piazza's rookie season, he had thirty five homers and like a hundred. 11 or maybe 120 RBIs. So they're like, oh, good. Good probably decision. The, good prob- life prob- decision. Yeah, exactly. Good life decision. Um, okay, so what about uh, CC? Why does he hate the bunt? So Eduardo good, Nunez good. bunts on CC, and CC goes to field it and overthrows whoever was playing first that day. It may right. have been Greg Bird. Right. And so CC gets mad. He's cussing at the dugout. And after the game was like, I don't understand bunts. Bunts are, bunts are cheap. I've got, you know, I can find you the exact quote, but we won't go into that. But he said... Basically, bunts are cheap. That was a cheap way out. He was essentially like man up. But the words that stuck with me most were him saying, everyone knows me. If my son bunts in a Little League game, I'm going to cuss him out. Yeah. I got nothing on this. Yeah, he hates bunting. And then he – so he fired back, right? Uh, The – Red Sox player. Oh, the Red Sox player. He fired back. The Red Sox saying. player, because they know each other. They used to be mm-hmm. teammates somewhere. Yeah. He, like, apologized for the bump, but not for the strategy, because Eduardo Nunez was like, I've got to get on base. That's my job. Right. He bats up at the top of the lineup. He's got to get on base. And it's, like, no different than, like, a team playing football, right? And you know if the Dallas Cowboys can't stop the run game, the Giants are going to run on him. Right. So he knows that— It's like. Jake Arrieta's not up there on the mound. It's CeCe Sabathia, right? Okay, I know what he's like feeling he's his position. Boy. I'm going to put it down and go. He's CeCe 6'6", 300 pounds, and he's 37 <laughs> years old. And he's got knee problems this year. He was on the DL already for 10 days with a knee thing. But I think that's why CeCe said I think it's cheap. Because you're not trying to hit the ball. You're trying to be he, – he probably thinks it's, like, sneaky. Like, I'm going to get on base by not actually hitting, by throwing a bunt, trying to place a bunt because I know you yeah. can't field it because you're fat and slow. Exactly. And I'm old. <laughs> Well, and he did say, "I am old." What did he say? No, Jim Rice. Oh no, he said. <laughs> no, he said, "I am fat, but hopefully, I'm not that bitter when I'm yeah. old." Yeah, Jim Rice, Hall of Famer for the Red Sox. He's a Nesson broadcaster who does pre and post game, and he said, "If Cece would lay off the chicken, the burgers, and the milkshakes or something, he might be able to field that ball." That's so stupid. And then Cece goes. He's right. I'm fat. That's super funny, but I hope I'm not that bitter when I'm that old. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like um like e Hollywood gossip for Oh, it's baseball, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But CeCe, like, I mean, if CeCe's in shape, of course he doesn't care because he throws him out. Right. But CeCe's... But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, I can't believe they, throw, they placed a bump because I have to try to run off the mound and yeah. I'm too big to run. Listen, <laughs> as I get older, I get grumpier. I mm-hmm. compare this to my grandpa. My grandpa's he got older, he got grumpier. Mm-hmm. When he got older, he would forget where stuff is. He would forget where his shoes are. So when he couldn't find his shoes, he would automatically just be like, someone stole my shoes. Someone stole my shoes. Who got CC in the house? Couldn't find the baseball. Did you, did you not lock the door? Someone stole my shoes. But meanwhile, he's just cranky because he can't find his shoes. And CeCe's the same way. <laughs> he weighs 300 pounds and he's like, I can't find the baseball. Where the Where's hell's the, the baseball? baseball? I can't breathe. Then he's 
pissing at boy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't breathe. It's only the second <laughs> inning. You know, after that bump play, he threw like 35 pitches that inning. Like, yeah. they drained it him really that inning because out. he was out of breath. Yeah. And he's just pissed because he can't find the baseball. <laughs> And then Jim Rice tells it how it is. And it's like, uh, lay off the burgers, big guy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> lay off the burgers. Maybe you could fill yeah. a bunt. <laughs> but my favorite thing ever is, like, he's straight up like, I'm going to cuss at my kid. Like, I don't know how old his kid is. If he's got, like, he's a, like seven, he's got, like a six-year-old he's going to cuss at while he's bunting. He's like, don't you dare put a bunt. <laughs> I have no you idea. see that big kid on the mound? He can't feel that. You need to be more respectful. But those are like baseball old school rules because they want you to like man up and hit the ball. You know when – and they – here's a good point. So you remember the bloody sock game where Kurt Schilling pitched. Yeah. T- torn up ankle. Uh-huh. You know the Yankees didn't butt one time that game. Well – Knowing that Kurt Schilling wouldn't be able to fill up. They just didn't do it. And somewhere there's a baseball old school rule that says hit the baseball because, for it's example – It's like a code of ethics or something. Or code of honor. It's like – It's more like a code of honor. We've heard about it all season long. It's, it's like the, having a clean fight. That's exactly what it is. Yep. It's the un, a clean fight. Exactly. Yep. A healthy donut basically is what we're talking about here. <laughs> it's the – like it's Do they the, make those, side note? Healthy donuts? Yeah. Because if so, <laughs> well, anyone listening who knows of healthy donuts, please find me and dude, in this tell me where I can buy them. In this day and age in Charlotte, North Carolina, I know there's a girl that makes vegan donuts. And Why I don't know. Why's it got to be a girl? I don't know. <laughs> just no, kidding. I'm just saying. But I don't, I don't think vegan is like inherently healthy. But if I'm pounding away 12 vegan donuts versus 12 Krispy Kremes, I mean, I guess I'm going to be like, they were vegan. What do you want me to say? I know this is off topic, but for anybody who is coming to our wedding in what, 30 days or something? About 35 like that, days. We will be having a donut wall. Uh, unhealthy. Cece, if you're listening to our podcast, which of course you are, why wouldn't a oh, Yankees player be it. listening to our podcast? You can come and you can eat as many donuts as you want, man, and you don't have to feel any buns. The donut wall was amazing. Who? Inv- how did you figure out a donut wall? Pinterest. Okay, it's so like I've got to start it's searching. It's new craze. Like, th- is that Why not- wouldn't you want to go to a, a wedding where there's a seven-foot donut wall? I think I just want a donut wall in my kitchen all year round. Like a wall yeah. of donuts. Yeah. Like think wall about that for a donut. second. It's like the equivalent of like I always loved meatloaf because it's literally a loaf of meat. And you I love meat. You've never had meatloaf? You ever had meatloaf? No. A loaf of meat. No, I've never had a wall had a loaf of, of donuts. Those a combo are the a, greatest thing ever. I used to ever. be a vegetarian, so a loaf of meat never really seemed appealing to a, me. But a donut wall, a wall of a wall donuts. of wallow donuts. Like, welcome to my home. Here's our wall of donuts. Like, oh my god, you have a wall of donuts. You can have like a coffee fountain. So you're just dipping your donut. Wow, this is. I've got. I really you know, ran with this. You know, I'm. La- this I'm is, glad you ran amazing. with it. You know, I have to lay off the coffee now. I know. At my job, I, I go. They make a coffee. It's like the Quentin. They don't make it for anyone else. They make me a big iced americano and put as many espresso shots as they can. It keeps me up for days. It's well, like crack. So when I go down there now, I'll walk with coworkers to get a coffee, and they're like, "You want your coffee?" And I'm like, "Well, I didn't sleep last night, so no." So, <laughs> and I'm still wired. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm doing good, but they think you're like coming off of something. Yeah, you're like you need coffee, man. Like, it's not literally. My boss can look at me like your eyes are real bloodshot. Are you tired? <laughs> my boss tells me that two days ago. Like, you look so tired. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, good. What do we need to do? What do we need to write? Like, you're let's sweating. go. Do you want all talk, the time? You want to talk about the Cubs? Well, we gotta go. Over, let's go over one more thing with the Yankees, okay? Because I would before we got to the CC rant. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, the Yankees are getting healthy. Holiday hit a home run last night. Starlin's back in the lineup. Yep. I think between Severino, Sonny Gray, CC Sabathia, mm-hmm. <laughs> Masahiro Tanaka pitched a gem mm-hmm. the day before yesterday. Their pitching's in great shape. Yeah. But the, if the hitting comes around, if Judge can be half of what Judge was before the All Star break. When you now are reintroducing Hicks in the lineup, Matt Holiday, Starling Castro, Greg Bird's, I think, swinging a little better. 
even if the Yankees aren't going to win the division, I think they're a lock for the wild card game because you're going to put Severino on the mound. So I don't think what it do matters. Think, think all of a sudden, Judge is going to like come into like a postseason like epiphany or something. It's hundred percent possible. If listen, I've heard Aaron Judge talk about how he hits and he studies hitting like Einstein studies e equals mc squared. So he's going to watch that video, and I think he. He's tremendously athletic. He's mm-hmm. got a quick bat, mm-hmm. and he's just super intelligent he's when it comes to baseball. He's got a tooth gap. He's, thank God, because after the tooth gate, tooth gate almost killed it. Tooth gate. And see, Clint Frazier is like on thin ice with the New York Yankees, but they had to acquit him real quick. So like every Yankees player and like Yankees media person went out of their way to say, Clint Frazier didn't do it. because they were It was originally, it was during, I think, a Clint Frazier walk-off, and it was originally Clint Frazier's helmet. Helmet flies off his head. Judge picks it up so no one will step on it, like the great teammate that he is. Someone bumped the helmet while it was in Judge's hands, and it chipped his tooth. Mm-hmm. But they literally, because Clint Frazier's like the very outspoken, like, what's his nickname? Red Thunder? Yeah, Which is the best ever. Yeah. They were like, Clint didn't do it. Every article was like, Clint didn't do it. That's the headline. That's the headline. Clinton didn't it do it. It almost was. But if, That's so funny. Um, he plays half as good as he does. I mean, but I think he can come out of, and I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden you start to look at his September numbers, halfway through September yeah. numbers, his batting average gets closer to what it, he starts hitting 300 and puts some home runs out. Well, he's, he's chasing sliders. Well, yeah. he's chasing sliders. So if he's got to just recognize those pitch, because no matter what, baseball is a game of hitters adjusting and pitchers adjusting. And then you're going to get this lag and this overlap. Yeah. Right? They did this to Mike Trout a few years ago where he was getting eaten alive by high fastballs. The next season, best high fastball hitter in the league. So hopefully... Aaron Judge can snap out of some of it before the season ends because that's going to take that's going to give the Yankees a fighting chance against the Indians. Mm-hmm. If they win the game today, they will have beat the Red Sox in the season series. I think ten games to eight. So I think they would have played eighteen times this year. Really? But then again, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, if you look at the Red Sox, no one's ever really doubted the Red Sox this season. So, And you know the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to meet. So you want to look at, I don't care what the records say in baseball, because like you have all of baseball, and then you have the Yankees and Red Sox. There's, you'll never watch another game, no matter who. And I'm talking like... Well, you have good people, like the New York Yankees, and then you have bad people, like the Boston Red Sox. Oh, I'm talking about the rivalry in itself and, and how I, yeah, it's I'm just different than the rest of baseball. I'm talking baseball. about their character as humans. Oh, the character is human? Yeah. Tell us what you don't like about Boston. What's your biggest pet peeve about Boston? Because you're a strong Island Yankees fan. Right. And I know you even, since I am a Cubs fan, I really disliked when the Cardinals went to the World Series in 04, but they got swept by the Red Sox. So I took it upon myself to buy a Red Sox hat the next year and wear it and to I'll Bush never, Stadium. I'll never and my brother, my brother tells my new yeah. fiance, oh, you hate the Red Sox? Quentin bought a Red Sox hat. Yeah. It was like. She almost dumped me. She almost left me. It, it felt like a betrayal. I didn't and know you. It was 2004. It, it doesn't matter. You that should was have like known 13 in, years ago. You should have known in your heart, one day I will marry this girl. I don't know where she is. <laughs> At that point, I loved but, the Red Sox and I was all in. You're just going to have to deal with it. But you hate them it. now? Oh, I'm not a Red Sox fan at right. all now. No yeah. way. Good. No, I just think, listen, every person who's a New York Yankees fan from New York just has beef with the Red Sox. Just like, And I don't have beef with Boston in the city. That's what's so Probably unique. Boston's a beautiful city. Yeah, that's what's so unique about this rivalry, right, is that any New York player will tell you it's not that we think Boston the city is terrible. It's just when some someone gets into Fenway, something happens to them. They just turn into, like, obnoxious, ridiculous, rowdy fans that are just like, 
I don't, they're just terrible. There's terrible people. Would you ever go to Fenway Park, historic baseball park, for the history of baseball, would you ever go to Fenway Park? Yeah, if they were, like, playing the Cubs or if they were playing the Yankees. Like, if they were playing the Yankees, I'd love to go. And if they were playing the Cubs, you'd go. I would. The Cubs went there this year, and they said the atmosphere was great. That there wasn't any, like, tension, and that there were Sox fans, and the Cubs fans come. Well, because Sox fans aren't going to hate the Cubs. Well, also, they're, they're kind of in the same boat. Like, recently cursed teams. Don't ever compare the Chicago Cubs to Boston Red Sox. Oh, I mean, the Cubs are a stellar organization. Exactly. They're say? good yeah, people. Yeah, they're the, uh, the Yaki way. They're going to rename it because the owner was such a huge racist. Yes, I heard about that. And that's a big deal. So the owner of the team, John Henry, wants to rename Yaki way because, and I haven't read about this in probably the last 10 days, because he was the last owner to integrate baseball. And he feels like that... That's like not was, a good thing, clearly. He was, he, but he wasn't just last. He was like, it was like a significant Oh, he was outspoken. Time. Apparently, he, I think he had the chance to sign Hank Aaron or Jackie Robinson. Was but like, he was no, like hard He was hardcore veto and But he everything. waited. It's not that he was just last. It was like a significant time after. You know, he only integrated because he needed to win. Because when integration happened, they hadn't won a pennant in so long. And then he had to integrate just to win. He didn't do it because he had a change of heart. He did it because of money. That's all it was. And John Henry wants to rename the road because it's named after a racist racist, in baseball. Just like the Cleveland Indians, right? They're wanting to change. Well, fans are boycotting or were protesting, fans right? Fans are protesting out, but the Yankees organization, they're already like Chief Wahoo's barely on their hats anymore. They're going a lot with the big red C on the top. Well, I mean, you, yeah, um, people have to take into consideration. Props like, to John Henry for being case. proactive about this, the right. understanding like, hey, like the world is evolving and baseball needs to keep up with it and be proactive instead of being reactive and having to deal with this mm-hmm. because that shows – not only your fan base, but baseball, baseball. in general, because yeah. baseball gets a bad rap. Because always, if you ask people, do you like baseball or not, people always say the answer 100% of the time. When you ask people if they like baseball, they'll say, I like well, I life. like going to a game. Yeah, exactly. I like being there. I like going to a ball field. When bad things happen in baseball, I don't think the Chief Wahoo's got like that much publicity, but the bean balls and the fighting in baseball, yeah. that's all people see. So I had a buddy text me when the Orioles and the Red Sox were going into their thing, and he's like, what's going on in baseball? Like, this is weird. Like, what's happening? Like, why are they just throwing baseballs at each other? He thought it was weird because if you're not a baseball fan, that's the type of stuff you hear. So in my head, John Henry's like, hey, like, I kind of want to address this and figure it out for future fans mm-hmm. because – I want baseball to be a very inclusive sport. So props to him for making, for at least talking about the change. Does it happen? I'd say it probably does. It'd be a big change because the Yaki family owned the Red Sox, I think, for like 70 years. Yeah. Because when he died, the wife owned a lot of it for a little bit. Yeah. And and I feel morally obligated to say that um, I don't think Boston Red Sox fans are bad people in character. It was a joke for the friendly rivalry between the Yankees and Red Sox. I just now realize that people may be hearing this, and uh, I do not hate all Boston Red Sox fans. Listen, but (laughs) but you've got to love that tension, though, because there's not even the Cubs and the Cardinals 
don't even to me the Cubs Cardinals aren't even really that much of a rivalry. rivalry right? The best rivalry in sense. baseball by a mile. It's not even close. It's right. the Red Sox and the Yankees. Oh, yeah. When that game's to that tonight, that game's on. I'm watching it, but Everyone, I couldn't care yeah. less. I'll watch a Giants and Dodgers game if the if the Giants are competitive and it's Bumgarner and Kershaw. Right. And I get yeah. to watch Bumgarner hit home runs off Kershaw. That's amazing. But yeah, but that's like a fun matchup. People just hear Boston New York. They're just like, oh, but the Boston New York rivalry is so much better now because both teams are good again. It's not nearly as fun when the Yankees aren't making the playoffs, when the Blue Jays are in second in the division. Nobody wants to see that as much. No. So, Can we talk about the Cubs again? Or yet? You keep telling me I can't talk about the Cubs Oh, let's yet. talk about the Cubs. Okay. okay, so what? Do you want to lead off on the Cubs? Or do you want me to lead off on the Cubs? No, you can lead off on the Cubs. Okay, the Cubs, they're 15 games above 500. That is a high. Which is phenomenal, and I didn't think that we would see that this season, if I'm being honest. Oh, do you know what? They're, they didn't. They reached six games above 500 for the first time just on their way to 15. They yeah. had the hardest time getting above 500. And now I know that they've got the easiest schedule in the second half of baseball. And I don't know if I can bring up the numbers that quick, but if I look at the games they've played maybe in the last two weeks. Okay, here we go. So let's go back to. Oh, shoot. Let's go back to August 14th. Since August 14th. They've played, I don't know how many games, but they've scored. The week of August 14th, they scored 15 runs. The next week, they scored 13 on Tuesday, 17 on Saturday. The next week, they scored 17 on Wednesday. The next week, they scored 14 on Saturday. Oh, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. 14 They're scoring a ton of runs. I think the right Braves, now. The Braves scored 12, though, yesterday. Yeah. Well, they had crazy. weird pitching problems. Justin Wilson, and that's one of the things I want to talk about. Justin Wilson was... Big trade came in with Alex Avila from Detroit. Chicago sent over a couple prospects. This is a guy that came in with brooksbaseball.com. If you've never been to it, they explain what pitchers are all about better than any website. So if you want to know anything about a pitcher and what they throw, that's it. His cutter and slider have been described as being like un- thrown unfairly hard and generate unfairly. higher than normal swings and misses. And he throws a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He's one of the hardest-throwing lefties in the game. Yesterday, he pitches a third yeah, of an I'm inning. but I'm not impressed. Nobody is. His whip is – I had this written down on another piece of paper. His whip is over two, which means he allows like two and a half – I think it's like two and a half. Right. That's how many base runners he allows per nine innings. Yesterday, he pitched a third of an inning, mm-hmm. one walk – or two walks, one hit, all three runs scored when Koji came up and tried to clean up the mess. As it sits right now, as a Cub, he's got an ERA of, in August, 5.13. He's useless. And this is Joe Madden brought this guy in because prior to him being a Cub, if you look at Justin Wilson's numbers, he's just as good against lefties as he is righties. So he's not a platoon guy. He's a pitcher that, if you need him, he can come in and face anybody. The He was brought in to be the perfect setup man for Wade Davis, who's a very routine pitcher. And Justin Wilson is like your classic goose sausage fireman. I'm going to come in and fix things because I can face lefties. I can fix I can face righties. I throw hard. Yeah. Swing and miss cutter. Swing and miss slider. He generates a lot of swings and misses. It hasn't been happening. 5.13 ERA. Somewhere I've got written like a 2.5, yes, it's bad. And yesterday he didn't do anything fantastic, and it's not like... No, yesterday was the third of an inning with yeah. three runs. Well, they, in the Braves, it's not like you're facing this like very strong opponent. No, but when you watch him pitch, he gives up a ton of hits. His average against is... 
like a hundred points higher than probably what it was in Detroit. So like, it's not just walks are his problem. People are hitting his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like people are hitting a roll Chapman stuff. Now I have no, I don't know if it's the change in scenery. If he just, I mean, he's got his catcher still. It's not like he had to come here with a new catcher. Right. He brought his catcher with him. Right. Alex yeah, Avila's think, catcher yeah. most of the games with Willie on the disabled list. I mean, if you if you give up three runs to a Braves team that's twenty two games back from Washington, we have a problem. That's that's just not okay. Yeah. At one point, he gave up five runs in ten outings. Mm-hmm. Opponents were batting two ninety four against him. Yeah. He had pitched seven and two-thirds innings as a Cubs. He's pitched more than that now, but his first seven and two-thirds as a Cub, 10 hits and nine walks. That's 19 base runners in less than eight innings. 19. Unreal. Yeah. And then you've got Quintana, who's throwing as you a know, Cub. You know, he started He started off, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be good. He had the one start against the Orioles. That was seven innings, uh-huh. not a walk, which is huge. And I was like, yes, this games. is going to be good. Now, I watched. And then it's been downhill. It's like, downhill. Womp, womp. I watched Quintana pitch for the White Sox, and Hawk Harrelson would say it when he was pitching. When runners would get on base, he would get out of his routine. Yeah, the, it like the, threw the him The pace off. of the game would change. It would throw him off. His mound presence isn't that great. And right now as a Cub, he's pitching to about a 450 earned run average. Besides that one start, he's – out of all the pitchers at the trade deadline, he's pitching the worst by far. Yeah. By oh, far. For, by far. But Lackey pitched seven innings yesterday at three-hit ball. No, the day before yesterday. Do you know Lackey hasn't lost the game, I don't think, since the All-Star break? Really? I feel like I've just been overlooking Lackey. Since the maybe All-Star I've just break? I've overlooking him. I can get you this number if you keep talking, but since the All-Star break, maybe Lackey's lost one game, and I bet his earned run average is below three, and if it's not, it's around three. That's crazy. Well, I think well, you, Lackey was hurt. He had a foot problem, so, so you, he went on the ten be, You think he'll be handy in the postseason then? Listen. Last year, he had a productive season with about a 3.38 ERA. In 2015, he was a Cardinal. He yeah. was the ace of that staff, pitched a, well, pitched like 212 or 220 innings with a very low 3 ERA. He's 38. He, uh, he, he had a foot problem. It was clear. So before the All-Star break, they put him on the DL with the foot thing, mm-hmm. let him rest, came back, and all of a sudden, he's fine. I mean, he, he still he throws hard. He attacks. I don't see why he couldn't be a guy that the Cubs could rely on again in the postseason. I, yeah, I, th- I think he could. I hope so, because you think that we'll be playing the Nats in the first round, right? They'll undoubtedly be playing the Nats because the Dodgers are going to be the top seed no matter what. So yeah. they get the wild card team, which is a disadvantage for them because they're stuck. They're going to end up playing the Diamondbacks. Yeah, <laughs> and the Diamondbacks just swept them. The Diamondbacks are a good team. Diamondbacks made good moves during the trade deadline. They've got good pitching. Zach Godley can throw a baseball. Of course, they have Zach Granke, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. I mean, and they've got good hitters. I like when first names and last names start with okay. the same letter. So I was, I know, right? I was, they call that something. I know, they do. That's embarrassing. That Post All Star break. Well, pre All Star break for Lackey was 5 and 9 with a 520 ERA post, okay. 6 and 1 with a 383. Huh. I mean, why not? Huh. He's still got a high batting average against, but something must be. And he hit a home run this year. Didn't he? Or no, no Lester had all Johnny Lester. Yes, Ooh, it was Lester. John Lester, I think all in the same game, he had his 2,000th strikeout, and he hit his first career home run, <laughs> and he stole a base. He, <laughs> he stole did a base. <laughs> oh, that, that'd be enough to make Lester smile on the field. Do you, no, do you, do you remember when uh, Lester hit his home run and Lackey was in the dugout? Like, Lackey laughing. was losing his mind. He was mind. like hysterically. Well, they had his like big a- teeth. 
fully smiling, just like I veneers. In, oh yeah, dude. It was amazing. Those, he that was like rolling. That beautiful, beautiful John Lackey smile. Horse smile. My heart goes four sizes like the Grinch every time I see it. Him exactly. and La- him and Lester had like a contest, like who was gonna get a home run first. Yeah. That started because last year no one hit guys. a home run. Yeah. But this year Lester did it. Two thousand strikeouts, stolen base. You know, for lefties to have two thousand strikeouts, that's a very exclusive club. That's a big deal for a lefty to get 2,000 strikeouts because that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Probably. I don't know what the number was, but I'm wanting to say there were less guys that have thrown – less lefties that have thrown 2,000 strikeouts than guys that have had 3,000 hits. Hmm. Because I remember the number when Beltre got his 3,000th hit and then when Lester is the lefty got his 2,000th strikeout. I think that number was less. Hmm. Yeah, big deal. Big yeah, deal. definitely. What else you got on the Cubs? Anything else you want to hit on and talk about? No, I'm just excited that they're so they're doing so well. I didn't think it was going to happen. We thought that the second half of the season might be a little bit of a bust. We thought it was going to go. We thought it, the division was going to go to the Brewers. The Brewers have a great team. Yeah. I think the Brewers have a better You know the Brewers took two out of three against the Dodgers. I know. They, they got Chase Anderson back who's a real better, good starter. They're probably the better team right now. They're just not playing like it. If and you, we have easy matchups. If I'm the Washington Nationals and I've got to pick my first-round matchup, I Cubs. want the Cubs over the Brewers. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Because the hard throwers match up better against... We don't really do well against... I mean, we don't do well against the Mets historically, but we don't really do... Do you know why the Cubs didn't play well against the Mets? Hard throwers. Jacob DeGrom. Uh-huh. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Jerry's Familia. Couldn't hit him. Couldn't hit him. Familia. <laughs> Couldn't hit him. Yeah. But what happens with... The Washington Nationals now because it's already if the the, the, the Bryce there's Harper, a ninety nine Harper comes back like an angel. There's a ninety nine percent chance that the dot that the Nationals are going to play the Cubs in the first yeah. round. What do the injuries do to the Nationals at this point? Because they're going to have to put everything together at the last minute. If Bryce Harper is going to be a late season addition, if he's going to play, Dusty Baker said he's still two weeks from even running. That's not even resuming baseball activities. Does is the is the advantage at this point? Because is the advantage. Is the Bryce Harper injury, is that more of an advantage to the Nationals or more of an advantage to the Cubs? To the Nationals. Because you know where I'm going with that, right? I do. I think that the National, I think that Bryce Harper is going to come back in time uh, for the postseason. I think he's going to come back healthy. And I think he's going to come back kind of like the Kyle Schwarber uh, effect that he had on the Cubs last year. I think he's going to come back and be a boost in morale, and a lot of times that's really needed for the postseason. I think Bryce Harper's going to come back and it's going to be like, oh, we have this morale, and we're going to go in, and we're going to kill the Cubs. I just have a terrible feeling. That's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. I think it's the most likely scenario. I know. Alliteration. That's what it's called when it's uh, first, if your name first was like Courtney Cox, yes. that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, just hit me. Go on about the Cubs and Nationals. Um, the Nationals have other injuries. Max Scherzer's like been pulled early a couple times. Strasburg's yeah. missed time. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. If Strasburg holds up and Scherzer holds up, which I think they will, the Cubs are going to have their hands full. I just Here's the thing. I don't know what to think of the Cubs' offense now because they've got such this light schedule, and I'm looking at all these hits and all these runs, and I'm like, well – are they getting hot, and is this finally the Cubs team of last year? Or okay. is it because of the schedule? Because I know earlier this year they played teams they should have beaten. They struggled. They got swept against the Padres. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, in one hand, I'm like, well, I've seen them play bad teams this year, and they couldn't hit them. 
So, like, what if right now, if they enter a three-game set against the Dodgers, what's that look like? If they enter a set against the Nationals, or if they enter a set against... Who's the th- who's the th- third league leader? Dodgers, Nationals. I don't know. Dodgers, Nationals, Cubs. Oh, that's it. East, West. I've yeah, got them all. Like, I'm looking um, at you like I'm so confused as to what you're saying. But then even like how they would match up against like, I mean, they didn't play the Astros this year. Yeah, but you know what my opinion on that is? Even if you're playing easy teams, right? So say you have, like, a stacked schedule where you're playing easy teams. That still gives you momentum into the postseason no matter what. I feel like it got to because it's no different than they sent Schwarber down to AAA to get a swing back. Exactly. So maybe the Cubs are just in AAA in the back half of the year and they're getting their swing back. I mean, because you have to think, like, if you're coming in hot, no matter who you're playing, you're feeling good about your team, you're feeling good about what you're doing with your bats, like, you're, you know, your pitchers are on point. Like, I think that it only gives you an advantage going into the postseason playing a team like the Nationals because you're coming in thinking, like, hey, we just had a really effective and productive second half after the All-Star game. Like, we're ready. So maybe the Cubs do have a better chance than what I'm thinking. I hope so. I want the Cubs to win. hate Daniel Murphy, so, I mean, Anytime that we have the opportunity to beat the Nationals, I'm all for. Big Bryce Harper fan, though, so it's a little little conflicting. And the reason why she dislikes Daniel Murphy, she She dislikes the Mets, and Daniel Murphy ate the Dodgers (laughs) up on his way to eating the Cubs up in the NLCS. Mm -hmm. He... I didn't didn't think there was anything he could hit. I think you could have thrown, like, a pebble at him. And he would have hit it out of the park. Like, throw a marble and he'd hit it. A lot of people like Daniel Murphy. And, you know, he hasn't done anything to be too smug or anything. I just don't know why I don't like him. Because he he murdered your team. Probably. And he played for the Mets, which you hate almost as much as the Red Sox, I feel like. Not almost. I just don't. You hate the Mets a lot. To me, the Cubs and the Mets are more of a rivalry than the Cubs and the Cardinals. That's so bizarre that you think that. Yeah, black cat game. um, All Everything that the Mets have done to them. I just don't think the... I think I just dislike the Cardinals so much because I grew up in southern Illinois, which is Cardinals country. I just refuse to take them seriously. Yeah. Cubs are – Cardinals are a great organization. I don't have any beef with them. I don't dislike them. I think, like, you like the Red Sox. I used to – I told you I grew up liking the Cardinals, right? Because I was – Because your little league team was the Cardinals. I respect that. I don't yeah. Care. I was the Lake Ronkonkoma Cardinals, so it's not like I could hate them. Lake Ronkonkoma Cardinals. Yeah, my traveling softball team. Nice. Shout out to Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. I like it. But – in all seriousness, Nationals, good organization. Will they beat the Cubs in the postseason? Probably. Do I want them to? No. Do the Cubs have a fighting chance? Absolutely. Well, because you got to figure at this point it's more of an even matchup than ever because no matter what, it's like you said, the Cubs are hitting now. Mm-hmm. And I know at one point during the year they couldn't hit against teams that they should hit against. Mm-hmm. But the starting pitching, Jake Arrieta, second half. ERA under three. He's mm-hmm. throwing really well. He's literally pitched himself into his hundred million dollar contract. He is a Maybe dominant he did it pitcher. On purpose. No, Jake Arrieta. If you watch him pitch, if you watch him pitch, but yeah. you take the batter's perspective of it, see what the batter does. His delivery, this crossfire action, like he steps over here and then steps over there, and his arm. For one, it's got to be a hard thing for him to control, too. It's scary for the batter to look at. So, no, And it's got to be a lot for Jake to figure out, especially he's pitched more over the past three years than he ever has in his career. So he's in uncharted territory. So you've got to believe that 
just new things are going to happen that he's going to have to anticipate. Mm-hmm. He's in such great shape and such a phenomenal athlete. It's not crazy to think that he couldn't dial it in. I don't expect him to go full Bob Gibson 2015 Cubs. But I think Jake looks I think really pretty when he pitches. It's a beautiful way to pitch, and it's so scary looking. He just, like, does his crossfire action in his arm, his front arm's here, his back arm's here, and it's just nuts. He steps towards third base, and yeah. you're like, what the hell? I find and him very attractive. When his stuff is on, <laughs> it's the most disgusting. It's Corey Kluber style disgusting. When his, if you've ever watched the UFO guy on the History Channel Mm -hmm. and they show the UFO videos of it just flying back and forth, that's a Corey Kluber ball and that's a Jake Arrieta ball. They move so much. When he's on, he's just pitched himself into a $100 million contract and he can be a game one starter for you. Oh, definitely. Quintana, I don't know what Lester's pitching rough after the injury. Hendricks is coming around. Lackey's coming around. Quintana. (laughs) But I can tell you this. If Scherzer's going to go in game one, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable. You're going to pitch a lefty. It, I don't know what to do because the Dodgers, Murphy and Harper, are both lefties. They've got good lefties. But I think in game one, Arietta's going to match well against Scherzer. I think it can be done. You can so. knock Scherzer out early. He's not a guaranteed 7 8 inning guy. Jake Arietta, <coughs> he pitches well, he likes tough matchups. Remember a couple years ago when he had a pretty tough matchup on and on, he took to Twitter and was like, "Oh, that was the Pirates game in 2015." Yeah, when he said he like, was literally Pirates fans were like, having him and he was like, or, he said something like snarky, keep it like two or something. words, yeah. like "good luck." See, I don't know what it was. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but I but the point of that is, I think that Jake Arrieta is into tough matchups, and I think he's into wanting to be that guy for the Cubs that he's like, hey. Put me in a tough spot because I kind of thrive off of this. Well, his postseason record is a lot of the reason why he's going to be such a valued free agent because mm-hmm. he's proven success in the postseason. Yeah. And just because you're a good regular season pitcher, I Clayton Kershaw or I David. I was just about to say that. David Price, for that matter, too, is garbage. I still. He's garbage. Anyway. I stand by the words when I say that the David Price contract for the Red Sox will, will be worse than the Pablo Sandoval for the Red Sox. Yeah. Contract-wise, it'll be worse. He, now, he pitches. Clayton Kershaw can. Has had games where he's pitched okay in the postseason. David Price is an atomic bomb in the in the playoffs and not in a good way. He explodes. It, is it the pressure you think, or is it, it, it just mu- exhausting? It, it must be the pressure. Well, I was a guy like pitched two hundred twenty phenomenal innings, and then the second two twenty one comes, he's just garbage now. All of a sudden, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know what maybe. it is, but. I mean, they're completely different stages. And, like, I can't even explain Clayton Kershaw because this is a guy that is so unhittable. Since he, since Clayton Kershaw came in the league, his career average of ERA has gotten lower every season. Mm-hmm. He's like a fine wine. But when the playoffs come, the Cardinals in 2014, like, slaughtered Clayton Kershaw pitches. The Mets yeah. battered him. And Clayton Kershaw is a lefty. He was getting battered by Daniel Murphy, yeah, who was a who's lefty. A lefty. Yep. And I mean, but the pressure's a thing. The pressure's a thing because Madison Bumgarner's not clearly. Madison Bumgarner's a phenomenal pitcher. My I favorite love pitcher. I love Madison Bumgarner. He is, he, Madison Bumgarner has phenomenal regular season stats, but they're not Clayton Kershaw like. But when you get him in the postseason, he's lights out. Yeah, he's he is. Unhittable all of a sudden. And I think it, I even, it like revs him up. He's like, yeah. He because an athlete gets even more to play for at that point, and I think that was a lot of speculation with the Cubs this year, just wondering, like, they're tired. They just – I mean, what's a team go through when they've just broken a 108-year World Series? The physical and mental exhaustion that uh-huh. comes with that's got to be crazy. And I wonder with the Cubs if it just didn't take at some point, like you get with 
Madison Bumgarner or Jake Aaron to pitch in the playoffs if it's like they just have to have that extra to play for. Because at the end of the day, like it's like Joe Madden said, like these are still all human beings. Like they're fallible humans. They're not just like these athletes that go out and can do the same thing and repeat what they do every game. Right. But I think the Cubs will match up against them. At one point, I thought the Cubs would just get swept. But, I mean, Mike Montgomery's pitching well, which would be a big left-handed arm that could be valuable against Washington. And whether he yeah, pitches, whether he starts or not, he can come in and pitch three innings and give him to you good. Um, but I guess I agree with you. The Nationals, Bryce Harper's injury, I think still puts him in an advantage. I don't know that it hurts him. I hope it doesn't hurt him. Because if, if, even if you're a Cubs fan, you want to see the best of the Nationals. Definitely. Any athlete, you want to see the best of them. You don't want to face a depleted team, and that's how you get past them. So my thing is, as a baseball fan, I just want everyone to be healthy. I, want John, I always wanted Giancarlo to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when Clayton Kershaw went down, I hated it. When Mike Trout went down, I hated it. Um, Strasburg hated it. You're Bryce, a Mike Trout fan, though, aren't you? Yeah. 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 But when Bryce Harper slipped on that bag, hated it. Oh, I, I thought his leg broke in half. I'm so glad it wasn't as bad as what it was. But he'll, he'll play in the playoffs, I think. I hope he plays in the playoffs. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a break. We will be right back with the Greatest Show on Dirt. Okay, we are back with the Greatest Show on Dirt. Um, we did take a commercial break, but since we don't have any sponsors, the break was... We hit pause to figure out what to do next. We're really not going to lie. This, <laughs> if this gets you, this is literally the first podcast we've ever recorded. And if you've made it this far, we just want to say thanks. And you're probably one of our loved ones because <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone else would make it this far. Yes, mom. Mom and dad. I love you. you. And when you listen to this, call me immediately and tell me you love me because that's a test because if they didn't listen to the whole thing, that's <gasps> oh, a message. Yeah. Shout that's out to a my message. parents. If you haven't listened all the way through... Um, if you have mom, text me the word blue. Oh my God. This is a fun We know test. who loves us now. Yeah. But any of our fans that listen, text us blue and we'll give you a shout out on next week's episode. Yes. We can even call you Anybody. by telephone. Anybody. We'll call you by telephone. Yes. I'll literally tweet out and Instagram out my phone number. And yeah. if any person that makes it to the end of this, if they tweet or respond or get me the word, do you want to do blue? Because that's the name on my Yeti blue microphone. Yeah. Te- your, that blue. word blue. The code the word, word this blue. Is, you know what this is like? The Christmas story where it's like the little orphan Annie Dakota ring. Yes, it is. And he goes in the bathroom and he's like, drink your Ovaltine. And he's like, He goes, what? son of a bitch. Yeah, he was really <laughs> upset. So if you've made it this far, you can text me, tweet me, Instagram me, Facebook me, the word blue, and that'll tell me you've listened to it all. If you haven't, you're dead to me. Yeah. But please listen really, to next week's podcast. Don't really. Please listen yeah, to next but, week's yeah, podcast. Yeah, but please keep listening. But no, thanks for listening to the show, The Greatest Show on Dirt Podcast. We appreciate it you making it this far and uh we do want to give you some updates though it for people who are listening because they are just our friends it will not always just be about baseball you see i'm going to add some fun flares as well maybe talk about a little pop culture maybe talk a little bit celeb gossip i know that's uh, what Quentin really wants in his life. He's whispering no. But we'll get a, we're going to give you updates on our life. We're going to give you updates on everything else as well. But we just want to thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast. If you're not gouging your eyes out, we will be posting. How often are we posting, Quentin? We don't know. Often. So come back and check us out. 
It depends how long it takes me to cut this and figure it out. Exactly. I think we're going to post like three times. Ideally, it would be three times a week. There you go. And they might not always be this long-winded, but when I get they off this thing, I've got to watch a ton of YouTube videos to figure out how to cut GarageBand to figure this thing out. But I think I see like a scissors icon on here okay. and some other stuff, so we're going to see. Yes, definitely. Bye. Would you like to say bye? Thank you guys for listening. Mellow bye. greetings.